0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello Okuo. I'm so glad to be back with you again today to continue in our series called Inspect Yourself. We've been taking a good, hard look at ourselves here during this series because we can have our Bible, we can have the Holy Spirit giving us all of the instructions, but if we don't know what we have, if we don't know what we possess, if we don't know the things that we are supposed to be doing and and supposed to be using with these instructions from the Holy Spirit, or we don't, we have it, but we don't know how to access those things that we do have, then we can't really be efficient. We can't work well for the people that are around us. We can't work well for God asking us to do these things. So in this series, what I want to do is lead all of us in this time of introspection. We will take a look at ourselves through the lens of how God has put us together and how we have been given even more because of Jesus. In addition to taking a look at, that, at what we have, we will be looking at how we use what we do have so we're, we're looking at tools, we're figuring out how to use the tools. We'll be looking at what we possess and how to use them in a normal process. Now, before we go any further, let's go, go ahead and, and pray uh, for today's message. So Jesus, I, we ask that you would be speaking to us today. We ask that you would show us how we are put together and how we can serve you better, how we can chase after you in the best way possible. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. So as I said in this series we will be looking what we'll be looking at are the things that we have been given but also how they work in the roles we play, especially when our roles change. It makes me think about when I was a freshman in high school. Back then, I used to play football, basketball, and baseball. Now when I got through my first round of tryouts for baseball in my freshman year, there was one thing that was very apparent to me. I wasn't that good. I mean, I liked my baseball. I loved being around there and, and, and everything that came along with it, but when we were working out in tryouts, I looked around and just realized that most of those dudes were on a totally different baseball level. I mean, I tried my best, I did everything I could, but it just wasn't working. So I stopped playing baseball. But I still loved it and wanted to be around the sport, and that's when I went back to the little league fields I grew up on and the fields that my little brother was playing at, and I saw that they needed umpires. So I signed up, took a few classes, and got certified to be an umpire. So what would happen is I'd go to the game, I'd show up, make some snap decisions on who was out or safe, and call some balls and strikes, you know, get get him one of those right there, and ignore what the people were thinking that were less than great decisions I made uh, each night. Then at the end of the night, I'd get some cash handed to me and I'd come right back and do it again the next night. It was a pretty sweet job, especially for a high school kid. Now here's the deal. I was on those baseball fields multiple nights a week, just like I used to be a few years before that. I was spending time in the same place, the same baseball games that I used to be a part of, that used to go on. However, it was in a new role. Now, even though I was on the same fields and the same sport was being played, my role had wildly changed. Even though I saw the same people and I was still me, what I was doing in that place was completely different. I was no longer the baseball player. I was the baseball umpire. And no matter what I did all those years before on those fields, it didn't change what I was doing at that moment. All those years of playing baseball didn't change anything in my role as an umpire. I was doing something new. I had become someone new. And the same thing has happened to all of us. It's like when you get a promotion in your company, right? You're in the same spot, you're in the same company, but you have a new role and you're now looked at differently. You have new responsibilities. And when some of you went from dating to being engaged to getting married, you're the same person, but with each new role, you gain responsibilities that you didn't have in the last role. And sometimes you drop things that don't come into the new one. All of our lives are gonna have different responsibilities. Not only that, the things that happened in our old spots no longer affect what we're doing in our new role. That old stuff is done. Now you have to live out your new role. And we actually see this exact idea at work in the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his friends in the church at Ephesus. So let's take a look to see what Paul had to say to his friends that were over there. Here's what he wrote. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and indication of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So here's Paul setting up the place that his friends used to be in. They were spiritually dead, meaning they had been disconnected from God, just like the devil had been when he decided to sin against God, when he tried to take over. When he did that, he was removed from heaven, removed from God's presence, because God cannot dwell with evil. So our natural way of living out in the world, well, that leads to sin, and sin removes us from the presence of God. Now, I know some of you listening right now are like, but not me. I've lived a great life of perfection. I don't do anything wrong. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't cuss. I even have a PureFlix account. Well, just know that even one sin, one time, Is enough to remove you from that connection with God. So, Paul also explained that our passions and inclinations can lead us in the wrong way. There's God and there's our sin nature. It's the things that we want to do. That's why our feelings are, are, even though they're valid and what you feel is what you feel and no one can change that or take it away from you, our feelings aren't trustworthy. For instance, I may or may not be a naturally spiteful person. So when someone crosses me, I may or may not think through how I can like, give it back to them. (laughs) In that moment, I feel like I deserve to pay that person back with exactly what they gave me. There have been times in my life that my unchecked feelings have gotten so out of control in my life. To the point where like, you know, it's not just being spiteful, but it's turned into things and I turned it on myself. Now here's what I know. We can't blindly trust our feelings. We can't leave our passions unchecked. Just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean that you should make your living doing that. You might be passionate about something that doesn't make any money and you can't feed yourself. That wouldn't be right. Your passions and what God has called you to do might be two very different things. I mean, in my life, I had a passion for sports and sports casting. I chased after it, and then God used all of that to give me something I never dreamt of or wanted to do, which was being a pastor. Sometimes when I hear from God, I will do a few things to test to make sure that it's actually God and not my own thinking. One of the first ways I can test a word is how much I feel like doing it. If I feel like it's a fun thing, then it might not be a God thing. It could be just me. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's God, but sometimes it's it's just me. However, I know when I don't want to do it, almost every single time, it's a God thing. So it, actually, this just happened the other day. I was out getting coffee and sitting down at a table, and a guy walked by me, and God was like, you got to pray for that guy. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't feel like doing that. I'm not interested in doing that. So God continued to press on me while I was having coffee with a couple of friends with my, friends of mine, having this meeting, talking through like future church things and understanding how we're, we're doing things and the way that we're set up and, and all kinds of stuff. And as it's going on, I see him walking out and God's continuing to press on me. You got to pray for him. You got to pray for him. I'm like, fine, I'll go. So as he's walking out, you know, gets outside, I'm able to catch him and just let them know, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. And, and uh, you know, I felt like the Lord pressed some things that I was supposed to be praying for this man. And, and I pray with him and, and spend a couple minutes talking with him. And, and as I'm done, I'm walking back to this coffee shop and I hear a voice just kind of yell out at, at me. And it's, it's this woman's voice and it's just like, that was beautiful! And I look and I, I don't see anybody standing there. And I was like, Lord, is that you? And the, the lady goes again, that was beautiful. And I look out in the parking lot and it's this lady like hanging her head out of the car and like waves at me and you know, I wave back. And, and so I hope what I think God told me to pray for that guy was helpful that day. At the very least it's something that impacted the lady, right, but I know that I didn't wanna do it, but God wanted to use me and how he's put me together to do something better. Now, let's go ahead and take a look and see at what Paul had to say next. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So Paul spends all this time building up this idea of how we fall short and how we're separated from God, but then he contrasts that with God's awesomeness. I always appreciate a good turn like that. Paul spent a bunch of time setting this idea up and then he pivots with the phrase, but God, and everything changes. Paul explains that even though we are messed up, dead in sin, that God is rich in mercy and in love. And through that richness, he gave us life through Jesus. And it's through God's grace that we are saved from that death. We were raised from the dead at the exact time that God raised Jesus from the dead. We were there with him. Then we were raised from the depths of sin and death and raised into the heavenly realms. Then we see one of the reasons why God chose to do it like this. Paul says, because when we are changed, when we are put into a new position, a new role, well, then we can become an example for future people that find themselves in our old role that we were playing. It's like if God can change that guy, then he could change anyone, right? Now, in this, there's also another part I want to hit on. It's the way that he uses past and present tenses. When it comes to being dead in sin, well, you were, you were dead in sin. That was in the past. But once you are united with Christ, you are presently seated with him in the heavenly realms. Paul makes it a point to draw a line. He wants you to be sure that you understand the new role that you are in. He wants you to see that you are no longer dead in sin, but now you have experienced the grace and love and mercy and kindness of God. So you are something completely new. And Paul continues to explain this change. Here's what he writes. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this it is a gift from god salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it so this is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture we see here that paul is making it as clear as possible that believing will bring you to the feet of jesus but the work of salvation being brought back to spiritual life from death all of that is from God, not you. You can't do anything. You can't boast about how you are saved because you are so good. There is a question that quickly gets to the heart if you actually understand this or not. Here's the question. If you died today on a percentage scale of one to 100, how sure are you that you would go to heaven? What percentage is that? Well, here's the deal. If you believe in Jesus, that answer should be easy. It's 100% every time. It doesn't matter if you were mean to someone, or you stole, or you did something considered sinful on the way to church today. Your work doesn't mean anything when getting you into heaven. Your work has nothing to do with your salvation. Here's what happens once you believe you are given the gift of salvation. Once you have been given that gift, you can't earn it any further. I'll explain it like this. A long time ago, well, we were married, but before Lauren and I had kids, we used to go and do these crazy things called going out on a date. It's a, it's a weird concept, I know. So, one of these dates, we went to this pizza place in Southtown. And when I walked in, I saw this buddy of mine that I worked with before I got into the church world. And he was hanging out at the bar and watching TV and, and having a drink, you know, sitting there on his own. And so, once we got settled in at our table, you know, we said hi to him, then went to go sit down, got settled in at our table. I looked over, and, and, and my friend was still sitting over there. His food hadn't gotten there. So, I asked the waiter, I said, hey, uh, could you send my friend like another one of whatever he's drinking? and just put it on our bill. Just, we'll, we'll take care of it for him. So we went through our meal, you know, didn't think much else of it. Me and Lauren ate some delicious pizza, enjoyed our conversation. And when it was time, I asked for the bill, you know, like you do at the end of a meal. So the waiter brought it out and I looked at it and I'm like, oh, this, is, this is weird. And, and so I, I called the waiter back. And I'm like, hey man, uh, something's wrong here. Uh, this bill has been zeroed out. It said it's been paid already, and I haven't given you a card. Like, you must have brought me the wrong bill. And that's when he told me, oh, yeah, that guy that you sent a a drink to over there, he paid for your bill. He paid for the whole bill, including the drink that I had sent over to him. I mean, how puny my generosity looked in that moment, right? So I asked the waiter, like, I mean, can you, like, undo that? Can you go ahead and let me pay for it? Or or can I do something, like, anything? And the waiter's like, no, man, there's nothing to do. It's already been paid for. He's like, he even took care of the tip. I mean, I didn't do anything to deserve this. I mean, you know, me and that guy are cool, but, like, not super close friends or anything like that. I'd never done anything for him in his life where he felt like he owed me something. I got it just because I simply knew him. And because he was generous my one small act actually triggered a much greater level of generosity one that i was not ready for and god does the same for us once we do the simple act of believing so much is unlocked for us we go from being dead from being labeled as a sinner to being alive and united with Christ. Those roles couldn't be any different. Even though we are the same person, we are now living out a new role. We are living out a new life. And here's my favorite part of this. We get a title, one that none of us would ever dream of being called. Here's what Paul calls it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. We are works of art. But not like a little finger painting that a kid gives you and you're like, oh, that's beautiful, even though you know it's not. Like actual handiwork the actual brush strokes, the actual chiseling out, the actual hand molding of God. Akuo, that is you, that's what you are. There can be nothing more beautiful than God's masterpiece. Compared to you, Salvador Dali's persistence of memory forgettable Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night I give it one star and Da Vinci's The Last Supper I mean it's got Jesus in it but it was made by a dude so it cannot be as masterful as you because you were made by God not only that But Paul wrote that you would also do the good things he planned for us long ago, do the things that God planned for us so long ago. And that sounds like a fantastic thing, but what is a good thing? What is good all about? And this looks like a great place for us to go to the original language used here. Because you see, our English Bible has been translated from Greek and sometimes things can get lost in translation. Now when you look at the word in there, in the Greek, that's good. It's actually agathos, which means inherently good. It's like, a, it's like a different level of good. It's like this idea of naturally, like it's automatically connected. It's something that flows out of God into you and out into the world. So after all that stuff that Paul wrote, all the talk on sin and disobedience and being dead, he's following that up with, you are a masterpiece, and you are inherently good. The things you do are inherently good, and all of this happens because we are united in Christ. When you join up with Jesus, you are no longer defined by the things that you have done wrong and what you will do wrong. You have been given a gift. You are the masterpiece, and you will do good things. Now, some of you may have been told something different. You may have been told that you were something else. Maybe you were told that you didn't deserve anything or that you were worthless or that you were stupid, that you were bad. Well, if you were told those things, I want you to hear this right now. That isn't you. You have been given the most valuable gift in the entire universe. You are a masterpiece of God. You will do all the good things that God wanted you to do. That's anything but worthless. But here's the deal. To get into all of this, to have these things become your identity, you got to believe in Jesus. Jesus. And that's actually the only thing you have to do. Paul said exactly that in what we read today. So if you want in on what we've been talking about today, first things first, have a conversation with Jesus and let him know that you believe. And what I actually want to do right now is lead you in that conversation. And to kind of help you out, I want to ask all of the Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community with you to pray with you. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say something like this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, if you've been a believer in Jesus for the last four seconds or the last four decades, I'd like to lead you in a moment. So just go ahead and, and, and bow your heads and, and close your eyes and focus your mind. I mean, if you can, like if you're on a walk or a bike ride or driving a car, don't do that right now. But if you're at home on your own and you can, sit down and close your eyes and imagine that you're standing in front of a mirror that you can see your whole body. In. Just imagine that. Now imagine that Jesus is standing next to you in front of that mirror. Now just turn to him and ask him to let you see yourself the way he sees you. Not how you see yourself, not how other people see you. Ask Jesus to show you how he views you. Have Jesus show you who you really are. And I'll take a minute to allow you some time to listen to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing us who we are. Thank you for the gift you've given us. Thank you for the sacrifice you have made for us. Please remind us not to boast in the things that we have done, but rather have us boast in who you are and how you love us and how you've changed us into something completely new. Jesus, help us push out the way the world has viewed us, the terrible ways that people have told us that we aren't worthy. Jesus, sever all the ties that we have to the way we view ourselves, the way we cut ourselves down and sell ourselves short. Jesus, help us put on the identity that you have given us and nothing else. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for laying your life down for us. And we pray all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All right, thank y'all for being here with us today. Before we go, there are a few things I'd like to share with you. The first thing I wanna talk about are our community groups. They will be kicking off for our fall semester very soon. And next week, we're actually gonna have all of our community group leaders at the service in person to meet anyone that wants to join up with them. You can also go to our website, akubo.church slash community to see the different groups that we have going on. We will have everything from a Friday night karaoke group to a ladies book club to a community group specifically for middle and high school students. It's something we are so excited about. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is something that we have been continuing to talk about over and over and over again, guys. I want you to be on the lookout, looking out there, to do those good things, those inherently good things that God had set up for you so long ago. Look out into the world, look out into your community and go start following what you should be doing there. Sometimes you're not gonna wanna do it, but I guarantee you that if you do it, God will bless you. God will do something through you. And what I want you to do is if you find those things, let us know. Let us know, because then we can help resource you, whether it's with extra people to do more work or with like money and things to actually get those things going. Now, one of the things that, that you might be interested in is, is helping, but it might not necessarily be like out in the community. You might be interested in helping do something here to Kuo. If that's you, feel free to reach out to us on our social media in a, in a DM, or you can email me directly at humvee.servetta.com at Akuo.Church, and we'd love to get you connected to being a part of one of our A-teams. Now, the next thing I'd like to do is talk about the ways that we can be sacrificially generous here at Akuo. Now, in this, guys, I don't care the amount or the level or, or whatever it is that you are being generous with. I just want you to be listening to God to see how much he wants you to be giving. If you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place that you start. Now in that, again, we want you listening to God and let him lead you in the direction that you should be giving. Now for some of you, giving in that way might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family and if that's you, that's okay. If that's you, we want to be linked to you during your time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, Akuo.Church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at Akuo.Church. Or you can call or text us at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here to Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, Akuo.Church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions that you will see on the screen. We also have a text-to-tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at P.O. Box 100, 125, San Antonio, Texas. 78201. Alright, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you. And we will be praying for you now and for the rest of the week. And before we go, I just want to pray over you one last time. So, Jesus, I just ask as as people start to put their phones away and close their laptops and, and turn off their televisions, I pray that you would continue to speak to them. I pray that you would continue to show them just how much of a masterpiece. They are. I pray that you would show them that they are no longer dead in sin, but that they are alive in you and you have laid out something good for them to be doing with every day of their life. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, God, that's all that we have for you. We'll see you next time.